alarms on every level and in every bedroom of your home. Also, remember, alarms don't last forever and need to be replaced at least every 5 to 10 years depending on your alarm. Protect your home and family with safety you can trust by visiting firstalert.com and Lowe's stores for your carbon monoxide alarms. One o'clock on Tuesday. That means Jordan Foot joining at Footnoted on the Twitter or X. And still a little bit of a crossover season between Chiefs and the Royals. Royals playing actual spring training games, so it's not too much of a stretch to talk Royals, and we will just a little bit. But uh, prior to, greetings, Jordan. Welcome back. How are you? Greetings, Shane. I'm feeling good, man. It's, uh, like you said, crossover season, and we're going to have a little bit of downtime after um, the legal tampering period opens up and all that good stuff. So baseball will have its fair window, I think, and stuff to talk about. But still kind of riding that Chiefs wave, regardless of how slow things are being. But luckily, down at the NFL Combine, or I guess up at the NFL Combine from where we're at, there's uh, plenty going on. Yeah, there is. And uh, uh, Brett Veach and Andy Reid both spoke. But before I get your thoughts on what those guys said, um, for those of us kind of fantasy GMs out there, we uh, maybe were affected one way or another when we hear that the Cincinnati Bengals probably are going to franchise T. Higgins. So scratch him off your uh, wish list. According to Arrowhead Report, who should be in the crosshairs next when it comes to potential free agents for the Chiefs wide receiver-wise? Yeah, well, there, there's one that is a pretty uh, low probability, or not low probability, a low-impact player that we can talk about a little bit later. That kind of stems from uh, Brett Veach's comments today. But you look at the top, if the Chiefs want to go big fish hunting, if they want a whale of a free agent signing, Mike Evans is the first name that pops up, and it's been on everyone's mind. I don't think anyone dislikes Mike Evans as a player. I think people look at his age. He's going to be 31 heading into next season. They look at the contract. PFF has him estimated. I'm looking at it right now at $23 million per year. Um, that's pretty steep for a guy of that age. And you look at the aging curve, and players like DeAndre Hopkins get a little bit older. Players like, I guess, A.J. Green kind of played into – his 30s, but these guys don't really um, last that long in the NFL at an elite level. So Mike Evans is one. Hollywood Brown has popped up quite a bit. Um, then the tier of, I guess you could say, Calvin Ridley from Jacksonville. They seem to want him back, but I don't believe has applied any franchise tag measure. Darnell Mooney from Chicago. Like, there are options out there, um, but T. Higgins was the – number one pipe dream, I guess you could say, and both him and I would I'd argue that Michael Pittman, um, neither one of those guys are going to be hitting that open market. What about uh, McCole Hardman's uh, game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl? Did that, I know it's recency bias, um, but is he the most reliable of the ones returning not named Rasheed Rice, and will there be a, a concerted effort to bring him back? Yeah, no, you were reading my mind. That was the uh, lower-impact player that I, I was mentioning. Brett Veach talked about him today and said the Chiefs love him. They are open to 
having him come back, and they like having someone who's familiar with the verbiage of the offense, understands the different roles, has you know worked with Patrick Mahomes, and basically confirmed that the Chiefs are going to have some sort of dialogue with him and his representation. So I wouldn't be surprised one bit if McCall Hardman came back. He spoke to NFL Network last week and said, you know, he's open to that and isn't really sure what the future is going to hold. So you look at the hierarchy of wide receivers, and just for argument's sake, let's assume that Kadarius Toney maybe isn't even in that picture, that Marquez Valdez-Scantling perhaps isn't in that picture you're looking at Rasheed Rice. You're looking at probably Justin Watson, Sky Moore. I'd say you trust McCole Hardman more than Sky Moore right now. Um, I think that you would trust Justin Watson more than Hardman, but still two different types of player. Um, and Hardman has the return versatility that's been tried and true. He can do the gadget stuff that they kind of split between Tony and Rice and even a little bit of Sky Moore. So I think you're kind of condensing and – uh, consolidating, if you will, if you bring back Hardman, but that also gives them less mouths to feed instead of trying to force feed three or four different guys to do that one job. Maybe bring back Hardman and he just fills in that little complimentary role. Who else um, is on your radar before we start talking about the front office and coaches? Because there's significant news uh, for Andy Reid, Dave Tobe, Spags. And of course, Veach at the uh, at the combine talking. Any other uh, X's and O's guys that uh, strikes your fancy as of right now? Um, just keeping it on wide receiver. I'm sure that when and if a franchise tag is or isn't applied, or a report comes out about this negotiation, that we can quickly pivot to cornerback and defensive tackle. And Veach kind of spoke about that progress today. Um, Josh Reynolds, again, I think I brought him up last week. That's just a guy that I keep coming back to, proven veteran. The price point I don't think is going to be the, that crazy. Uh, Michael Thomas is intriguing. I don't think that you could rely on him to give you anything, but could be a nice little complimentary bargain piece. Um, Kendrick Bourne coming off an ACL. Like We're really getting into the weeds with wide receivers that uh, aren't necessarily the most appealing Options out there, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, I think Odell was uh, brought up last week by a couple people, and it might have been RG3 that campaigned for that to happen. So I'm trying not to rule anybody out. Um, I tweeted over the weekend about Gabe Davis and said, you know, he's only 25. He's hitting free agency pretty young. He's had big games against the Chiefs before. So uh, Chiefs fans are definitely – familiar with his game and it kind of got shot down. I was hoping to get a temperature check and the temp was uh, very hot against Gabe Davis. So that that's kind of an overview of tier three, maybe even a couple. Why, why is that? Why is that? Why is he so polarizing? What's wrong with him? And they People think he is a rich man's MVS and he, he's not very consistent with catching the ball. He's just your kind of typical vertical receiver that is very hit or miss and delivers the splash plays, but also doesn't give you the down-to-down reliability that the Chiefs need on offense. And listen, they could draft a guy that could give them that. They can probably draft a couple, uh, maybe an Xavier Worthy, a Troy Franklin, that can give them a little bit more than that. But the problem is Gabe Davis has been in the NFL for a while. It also comes down to price point. I'm looking at PFS projections, and I believe these came out before – um, the recent salary cap spike, so you could probably add like a million 
um, on to this, but one year, 12 million bucks. I think that it's too much for Gabe Davis, but I also think that he's going to get that from someone. So it's one of those catch 22s of, I would give him X, Y, and Z. However, he's probably going to end up getting more than that. Jordan Foote joining us at Footnoted, all things Kansas City sports at our Arrowhead Report. Um, what did Brett Veach say to, uh, today that was important to you, uh, specifically when he talked about Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed? What struck you? I still don't have great vibes about Chris Jones, man. And I can't really explain a lot of it as a gut feeling and just going based on the uh, Tyron Matthew negotiations, the Orlando Brown negotiations, the fact that the Chiefs don't like paying older players and Chris Jones turns 30 in early July. Um, they are one year removed. He didn't, from that holdout, he didn't play quite as well this past season as um, he did play in 2022. Now, he was still good. He was still an all-pro, don't get me wrong. Um, but that stuff matters. And if last year he wanted to be the second-highest-paid um, interior defensive lineman, then this year wants to be the same probably, and the salary cap came up, and teams have a better idea of what spending money they have, that's just going to be a little bit more difficult. So Veach said the Chiefs want to get something done with Chris Jones. He is, quote, at the top of the list, which is great for them. Um, I do anticipate that they'll meet with the Cats brothers sometime soon, but what stuck out to me is he mentioned the challenge of maneuvering the, the cap and all that stuff, but he said he was going to anticipate, and that's a quote, probably using one of those tags. So if you probably anticipate using the franchise tag on one of those players, I think it's Legereus Need because that figure is $19.8 million compared to just over 32 for a guy like Chris Jones and also Legereus Need. He's 27. He's coming off a rookie deal. You can afford to lose one of those players, I think, to free agency. I don't think you can afford to lose both. And don't get me wrong, you can't overpay to keep both of them. You can't overpay, really, to keep one. Um, but you have to have either the game-wrecking force up front and you hope that he's worth most of the contract, or you hope to keep the elite cornerback and you kind of supplement that with the pass rush and make it look a little bit better. So the Chris Jones stuff was about what I expected to hear. He didn't really talk about Snead specifically a ton, which kind of gives me an inkling that either they are planning on tagging and getting something done later on, or they're already close enough that I'd bet that they're going to tag the Jerry Snead. And I'd say that with probably 90% confidence that uh, something's going to happen. I agree with your assessment that they can't afford to lose them both and probably can't afford to keep them both. But uh, I feel like we talked about this at the at the time. And at the time, I mean when Chris Jones held out against the, the Lions. And I swear we had a conversation about this very thing. And you brought up Tyron Matthew. Uh, I don't know if you brought up Charvarius Ward or That's a good if one. it was – or if it was someone else. But anyway, the point was they let him walk, and that was fine. But my comeback was, yeah, but they're not Chris Jones. Yeah, Tyron Matthew wasn't even close to Chris Jones at that point in his career. Neither was really anybody else. So knowing that and with the potential of what Chris Jones could bring you, does that, do you think, at least change Brett Veach's mindset versus all those other guys? Because there aren't very many Chris Joneses. There are a handful yeah. to more Matthews and Wards. Does that change his thinking? No, that that definitely does. And you're right. And also you could say with 
uh, Legereus Sneed, he's playing better this past season than Ward was when he left Kansas City, and I think yep. the defense is just in a little bit of a different position. So it's kind of case by case. I mean it more in the sense of the Chiefs can't let this derail their offseason, and I'm not you know, saying that um, – I'm not reporting, <laughs> let's say, that last offseason the Chris Jones thing really held them up with some of their plans, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put together, okay, in February at the Combine they were – you know, fairly confident in getting something done. It didn't seem to be a high-stakes thing. A couple months passed by. The draft is showing up. Free agency. They don't end up restructuring the Mahomes contract like people wanted them to um, in terms of the financials. So I think this year it's going to be a pretty swift process of, hey, man, here's our best offer. Here's what we can do. If you want to hit free agency and think you can get better, then by all means go ahead. And listen, I'm not one to – rule out that maybe he hits free agency, the grass isn't always greener, he comes back, but there's just that pride element to it, and Orlando Brown Jr. found that out too. He could have came back to Kansas City and probably could have made double-digit money for the the next year in terms of millions and ended up going to Cincinnati because of the long-term security, because that's the best he could get. Um, Chris Jones, obviously, miles better as a player than Orlando Brown Jr. was and is at left tackle. Um, But, again, you factor in the age, you factor in that they've been through this whole song and dance with him one time. I think the Chiefs' patience with uh, Chris Jones and and more so his representation, and we don't have to get into that, but um, it's definitely case by case. But also they can't truly afford to wait around for this to play out, I think. What has been said over the last couple of days that would lead you to believe that we can draw a conclusion about Andy Reid's future? Because it seems like he's going to come back and maybe for multiple years. What's the latest? Yeah, so uh, Nate Taylor of The Athletic reported, and I guess I can get to that point here in a second. The original report was from Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, and he said the Chiefs are expected to start negotiations with Andy Reid for a long-term uh, contract extension, and the same with Brett Veach. And I, I clicked into the article that was added in there. The Chiefs, if you remember, after – um, Super Bowl LIV against the, the 49ers when they first won that big ring with Mahomes, they extended both of them. And that was through 2025. Nate Taylor of The Athletic hinted that it could be through 2028 this time, which is a little bit longer than I would have anticipated. I thought that Andy Reid would coach out 2024, 2025, and then maybe 26 before moving on. Um, but man, he doesn't seem to be wanting to slow down and it's just the way he answered these questions and I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm, you know, I have a decision to make stuff like that left the door open just to squeak. Um, this effectively slams it shut. I think Andy Reid's not going anywhere. He'll be back next season. And again, he doesn't have to uh, live up to that end of the contract. If he wins another one next season, decides he wants to go out on top, whatever, whatever, completely possible. Um, but Pelissero notes by league meetings, which begin on March 24th, so we're looking at probably one month's time. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a tweet from the Chiefs that said Brett Veach and Andy Reid have both uh, been signed to contract extensions. Where do you come out on uh, Steve Spagnolo? not uh, defensive coordinator-wise, because I think we're all in lockstep there, that he has totally figured it out, uh, very comfortable in his own skin, and does a really good job of relaying 
his thoughts to Brett Veach, and Veach sets yeah. him up in kind. Uh, but is he uh, over and done with being a, a head coach, and is he going to just get right off into the sunset with the Chiefs as their D.C.? Yeah, no, I think so. And it's not at all an indictment on Spags, and I don't think anyone listening would, would assume that. But just to cover my bases here, Steve Spagnuolo is awesome. And like you said, we all know how – just about everyone feels about him as a DC. And I think even in the few years that I've come on with you, we've chatted during the down periods for the Chiefs defense, like, hey, I don't think it's a Steve Spagnolo problem. I, I think it's either an injury problem or, you know, he just doesn't have a ton to work with or it's going to take a minute. Like, he has always been one of the best at his job in the past few years, have shown that. Um, he's 64. He's interested in it, and he's been publicly and privately up front about that, but I don't think he's just absolutely like Eric's the enemy level, just dead set on getting a head coaching job. He's been there, done that. He has a good thing. He has, he gets to work with his friends, all that good stuff. So I think the combination of what he has now, plus his age, plus having already been there and started that you're really, if you join that organization, you're hoping for like a five-year run, if not a little bit more. And I'm just not sure he wants that. So um, it, it, on paper, good leader, good coach, players love him. He checks all the boxes, but I just don't think the stars are going to align for it. And frankly, he's been on record saying that he's just fine with that. So I think uh, he finishes out his career with the Chiefs with that extension that made him one of the highest paid coordinators in the league and well-deserving and then kind of rides off into the sunset, like you said. We don't talk about punters very often, but uh, the Chiefs apparently – signed a guy that's nicknamed Punt God, and he <laughs> came into uh, much fame or notoriety, I guess, good and bad, during the preseason when not only he had an 80-yard punt, but also was on the wrong side of an accusation that got him cut from the Buffalo Bills. His name's Matt Arise. Mm-hmm. He's from San Diego State. He, he's got a hoof like we haven't seen come out of college in I don't know how long. Uh, where do you come out on this signing? And is the, uh, I guess, the stench of his issues with the law off of him now? And uh, can we move on and see how good of a punter he is? Yeah, I think so. And, like, these uh, situations are always delicate, and I'm not going to speculate or anything like that. But um, the the charges, he had, like, a countersuit for, I think, it was defamation, and everything kind of leveled out and – um, he was cut from the Bills, and I don't necessarily blame them, given what was going on back then, and especially when you're a rookie and it's a six-round pick and it's yeah. the preseason. Like, yes, he was a very talented player in college, but not at the expense of the organization saying, okay, let's ride this out, let's see how it, it unfolds. Now, the benefit for the Chiefs with him not playing through um, the rookie season with Buffalo, he doesn't have a year of service time. So he was making the league minimum, the, the CBA, for guys with no years of service time, 795000 which is pretty damn cheap. Even if it was one year, he'd come in under a million. So if my understanding of this is correct, um, they also have exclusive rights, free agency over him. So they could keep him for longer than just this season. And the other upside is Tommy Townsend was going to make a significant chunk compared to him. I think. And Tommy Townsend was an all-pro, obviously, in 2022. Didn't really have the fantastic season last year. Carried the cap hit of, like, $2.7 million. 
would probably be one of the highest paid punters in football. This offseason has Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. Like the stars were aligning perfectly for the Chiefs to thank Tommy Townsend for his service and have to replace him. And, you know, good or bad for them, I'm leaning good just because that situation is kind of settled. They got a guy um, for a bargain contract, and the circumstances kind of sucked with everything that led up to that. But um, from a football perspective, and from a salary cap perspective, not having to deal with free agency, of course it's possible that, you know, Tommy Townsend somehow does come back to the Chiefs. I'm not trying to say it's a foregone conclusion that uh, he's gone, but the Matter Isaac contract, low stakes for Kansas City. It's not going to cost them a ton. Um, they can bring in competition throughout the offseason if they want to. It's all around good. He was fantastic his last season at New, uh, San Diego State. It's a winning move for football reasons, and then obviously everyone hopes that the personal stuff and um, is all sorted out and everybody can kind of move forward from there. Yeah, charges were dropped, I think, is the most important way, uh, most important takeaway from that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up, though, that it doesn't necessarily mean the end of Tommy Townsend. I think we all, well, I won't say we all, but I think the logical – conclusion to come to was the chief signed a punter so tommy townsend who's going to be a free agent is long gone so yeah not necessarily what, what are the percentages that you would put that at yeah i'd still say really low like even before matariza was signed i still thought it was less than 50 50 that the chiefs were going to pony up for for tommy townsend um but matariza's contract the minimum deal like i brought up and then it has an injury split so if he gets hurt the Chiefs like have a very easy avenue to getting out of the deal with pretty much no downside, and it also isn't enough money to where they can't afford to, let's say, bring in an undrafted free agent, or you know, if they wanted to trade back into the draft and take a punter in the seventh round they really like, or sign a free agent. That also applies to Tommy Townsend. If he gets out there and his market is not what they necessarily thought it was going to be, him and his camp, or the Chiefs say, hey we still are interested in bringing you back. And maybe the Matariza thing is a, a longer term play. Um, they can bring back Tommy Townsend and say, Hey, let's do another one year thing. Then you have another all pro season. Maybe you bounce back a little bit. Um, you hit free agency again. So I, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say maybe 10% um, that Tommy Townsend returns. And I know that sounds bad, but it's also a, a decent jump from zero. So I, I wouldn't rule that out whatsoever. Speaking of punters and kickers, uh, Dave Tobe was also retained. Yeah. Uh, Spag's got all the headlines, and rightfully so, but Dave Tobe's coming back. Yeah, absolutely, and they also uh, brought back Dave Merritt for uh, another long-term deal. That was kind of a very under-the-rug thing, and Schefter reported it as quietly. Um, so the, the Chiefs <laughs> didn't announce that. They just got it done, which obviously – position coach versus a coordinator, two different things, two different levels, all that good stuff. But the Chiefs special teams unit um, was sixth in DVOA this past season. They had some up and downs before that, but a lot of young guys as well. Dave Tobe's one of the best at his job. And I know people will hone in on, um, I believe it was either the Super Bowl or the AFC title game where they had um, 10 men on the field and they had some fake punts during the year that they weren't ready for, stuff like that. Dave Tobe is still one of the premier special teams coaches. Andy Reid trusts him with his life. He's a good assistant head coach. He's also another guy that I don't think is necessarily going to 
uh, end up getting that head coaching gig. And he's 61 years old. The Chiefs seem to be, and facing the music isn't necessarily the right uh, feeling for what it is because that sounds bad. But Spagnolo, Tobe, Reed, these guys are kind of comfortable where they're at. They're not necessarily looking to jump to the next big thing, whereas Eric Bieniemy, maybe even Matt Nagy in a year or two, the younger guy who still wants to get into it or wants to get back into it, the defensive coordinator and the special teams coach are perfectly fine with what they're doing now. A team called up next offseason and said, hey, we need you to be our next head coach, I'm sure they'd say yes. But if you're winning Super Bowls, if you're getting deep into the playoffs, if you're working with people you like, um, it's hard to turn that down. And then when the team gives you a little bit of a raise, I think that that's another incentive to kind of stay put where you're at. So uh, finally, before I let you go, and I want to ask you about uh, a Royals signing that it's old news, but I haven't had a chance to, to ask you about it. Um, it kind of shocked most Royals fans, I think, when they signed Austin Nola, made people wonder uh, about Freddie Fermin and whatnot. Where do you come out on that, and why did they sign him? Yeah, so when I saw the uh, major league uh, attachment to it because at first it said minor league deal and I think Rosenthal or Passon or one of those nationals um, reported it I said okay well you know organizational depth whatever whatever and then Andy Rogers who does fantastic stuff for MLB.com she said it was a big league deal now you dig a little bit further and you say well this guy's 34 he's coming off the worst season of his career why the heck did they sign him Um, you look further though in 2019, 2020, 2021, very, very solid player. 2022 was a serviceable, probably replacement-level catcher. He has experience with Michael Waka. He has experience with Seth Lugo. He had an eye issue last year that really like derailed his entire 2023, so I don't think that that's a big deal to not overblow um, what happened here. I don't think that you can can overestimate that. Um, and he also has an option left. So if the Chiefs say, or not the Chiefs, the Royals say, okay, this guy needs to go down for a little bit, or we need to maneuver the roster a little bit and massage that picture, they can. So Freddie Fermin's still backup catcher, I think, but having a another guy with experience, it's not like they gave up a uh, David Sandlin like they already did in a trade for yeah. um, a guy this offseason. So it's not a big deal. I don't think it's too much to make a fuss about. On the surface, it looks a little bit questionable, but then you look further, and there are a couple redeeming qualities where he can be that uh, third catcher and then has that option left as well. At Footnoted on Twitter, all things Chiefs and Royals, our insider joins us every Tuesday. Thanks so much, Jordan. Great stuff. Talk to you next week. Yep, thanks a lot, Shane. All right. Uh, Before we get to our uh, Wind Surge alum check, and they were – littered throughout their starting lineup yesterday in their spring training game against the Yankees. Before we do, though, we need to give away some cash blitz instant tickets, 30 bucks worth. Call Jack right now. Be caller number three. Give you $30 worth of cash blitz instant tickets from the Kansas Lottery, 316-669-4996. Call him right now. Good luck. Serge alums of spring training talk next. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back. On ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, 
and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Get ready for an adrenaline-packed weekend. The 67th Annual NAIA Men's Wrestling National Championship is coming to Hartman Arena February 29th through March 2nd. Witness the nation's top wrestlers battling for glory. Don't miss out on the action. Mark your calendars February 29th through March 2nd. For more information and tickets, go to HartmanArena.com. Join us at Hartman Arena for the Wrestling Showdown of the Year. Proudly presented by Visit Wichita. Paid for by Bar Justice. Attention. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931 Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Spring training is underway and baseball season is coming. Opening day for the Wichita Wind Surge is April 5th and tickets go on sale February 29th at Riverfront Stadium and online at windsurge.com. Suites, hospitality, and group tickets are on sale now. Call 316-221-8000. Get ready for all the excitement of Wind Surge Baseball. A full slate of promotions, fireworks, giveaways, and much more coming to the ballpark. Get ready for baseball April 5th. Visit windsurge.com and listen to every game on ESPN Wichita 92.3. No, it's not Steve Perry's birthday. But Neil Schoen is 70, and he and Steve Perry co-wrote this. The Greatness of Journey. Congratulations, Neil, and happy birthday. It's one thirty-one. Before I get to my part of the Surge alum and spring training segment, Jack, as it stands right this second, still not to march yet, the big club, the Minnesota Twins, of course, the AA affiliate is right behind us here at Riverfront. What do you think about the Twins this year as it pertains to the AL Central and the Royals and all that stuff? Well, how's your uh, 
heart beating on the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I mean, they are absolutely the favorites in the American League Central. I think they've got one of the best bullpens in the American League, and even though they lost Sonny Gray to St. Louis in the offseason, they've got their ace in Pablo Lopez. Uh, you expect Louis Varlin to have a role there. Of course, win surge great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan, guys, they're going to fill out that rotation. So I'm not overly concerned about Minnesota's rotation, and that's in terms of a, a Minnesota person speaking for the Royals' sake. It's like, I wish it wasn't as strong or as loaded as it typically is. Uh, But that offense, yeah, it's going to come down to which of their young guys can fill some pretty big holes. And also, as we've done for the last five years, how healthy will Byron Buxton be? Uh, That is a a MVP type of player when he's healthy, and he's almost never healthy. And now he's getting a little bit up there in age. Not super old, but he's no spring chicken anymore. Uh, Hey, what's the very latest on Michael A. Taylor? You... He's still a free agent. They went and got Manuel okay. Margot yesterday, so they're not That's bringing right. Michael A. Taylor back. Uh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Michael A. Taylor's going to land on a roster this spring. I'd imagine someone's going to give him some deal uh, to be a fourth outfielder. But Minnesota, they're, for the most part, running it back with who they had in their lineup. You can expect a healthy dose of you know, somebody like Carlos Correa, um, Eduardo Julian, Another guy there, uh, Jorge Polanco, is no longer there, so that's a guy that was. Royal, former Royal great Carlos Santana. Yep, Santana's now over sure, there first. Surely he's going to go two for ten with four walks in the first series against the Royals, right? <sighs> or he's going to tear them up like he used to in Cleveland, <laughs> you know. Uh, Max Kepler, of course, will be back. But it's, you know, I got my college roommate, a diehard Minnesota sports fan. He's a diehard Twins fan, and he was always been so frustrated with how they operate because, you know, they won a playoff series. They won a playoff game for the first time in 19 tries. They snapped the longest North American sports losing streak in the playoffs last year, and they followed it up with not doing anything. Uh, so that's yeah. always the the intriguing thing about Minnesota. I remember when they built the Bomba squad, all the, the Latin American players like Nelson Cruz, and they had – a rise in there, and they had Polanco mm-hmm. and Miguel Sano, and it was endless. They just had all these guys that could pop 30 home runs at any given moment, and they never had pitching. And they're like, we're not even going to invest in pitching. And, of course, they wouldn't win in the playoffs. Last year, they have the pitching, not really the offense, uh, not an offense that was that impressive. And what they do this offseason? They said, well, we're not going to add to the pitching staff. We're not going to add to the offense. We're just going to roll it back because this team's good enough. So if they stay healthy – yeah, they're going to win the Central. I don't really have any wavering confidence in that. But it's also a team that from time to time has run into some injury problems, and they do have depth. I do like their bullpen a lot. I like their rotation a lot. But is it good enough to compete for an American League championship, a World Series? No, it's not, as nobody is in the Central right now. Right. So yesterday, um, yesterday morning, I think it was, uh, scrolling around on MLB.com and uh, checked out the Twins. Well, I checked out the box score because I saw the headline uh, that had Simeon Woods Richardson in it. And so, of course, I clicked on that story, read that. He only threw one inning. So he started the game against the Yankees, only threw one inning, uh, but struck out uh, Juan Soto on a 3-2 change. And, of course, in the heart of the article, uh, talked about his – I don't know. Yeah, I guess a couple of years ago, a cup of coffee that he got and what it's going to take for him to get there and stick there. So then I clicked on the box score uh, and looked further of the guys that threw in the game. 
And it was, there wasn't much that uh, stood out to me other than the Yankees ended up scoring nine runs uh, after Woods Richardson left. But I looked at the position players, Jack, and I know this doesn't necessarily mean anything because there's some big league spring training invites, non-roster players. But there were in that box 70% former wind surge players. And I'm talking about really recent history. Starting with um, Junior Severino, he got a couple of at-bats. Brooks Lee, who they are in love with, he got to start at shortstop. Uh, so, and I wouldn't be surprised Brooks Lee makes the opening day roster. But Edward Julian, as you were talking about, a uh, former surge player that had more than uh, just a cup of coffee in the big leagues. Um, but Julian's going to be probably our everyday second baseman, former wind surge. Jake Rucker, Jose Miranda, Austin Martin. He started in center field. Uh, and then later on in the game after that, Aaron Sabato uh, hit in his place. Jair Camargo made an appearance in that game. Anthony Prado, Alaric Solare, all those guys. Oh, and Michael Hellman, all those guys got into a big league game, spring training, against the Yankees. And again, I know at this point in spring training, they got a million guys that are uh, available or at their disposal. But considering they got a look at all those guys, and I would say only, only Julian, Brooks Lee, and Austin Martin are way, way at the top of the list, either a solidified big leaguer or one of the top prospects that they are dying to do something. You know who I'm least, uh, so most down on, uh, have the least hope for? Austin Martin. Because he's a, a shortstop infielder type, but they are trying out in the outfield. Um, he, I know he went one for three. I shouldn't even said that because it doesn't really matter. But Austin Martin is a guy that they are dying for something good to happen to when it comes to the big league level and break through and maybe, you know, replace somebody uh, once there's a trade made or something to that effect. But, I don't know about him. The Brooks Lee, I do. But it was anybody in Wichita that saw him play probably can count themselves as pretty lucky to have seen him play come through here. Austin Martin, not not quite so much for me. Uh, but anyway, uh, getting back to the Simeon Woods-Richardson one-inning inning outing, um, he's a guy that is still – only, I think, 23. I got his bio up here. Um, yeah, still 23. Yeah, age 23. And his best days are ahead of him. And the fact that uh, he started that game and threw a scoreless first inning, good for him, pulling for him. Not that I'm not pulling for any of these other guys, but Woods Richardson was a real superstar here. And made his debut in October of 2022, and has only only pitched nine and two thirds innings. So he's uh, he's got plenty to prove this spring. 
we talked about the Royals and who's got what to prove and can they make a club and does it matter? Have, have the, has this position already been sewn up? When it comes to a pitcher, those guys definitely have the most to prove. And if they, uh, in some cases, have a bang-up spring training, that'll make them a team. That, that'll help them make a team. And I don't know if that's Simeon Woods-Richardson, but I hope it is. And uh, he got off to a good start. So as we get closer to uh, spring training wrapping up, we'll have a better idea of who's coming here to play in AA Wichita for the wind surge. And that's always an exciting time, too. And as we get a little bit closer to that, we'll bring in Tim Grubbs. Uh, we'll bring in Jay Miller. We'll bring in uh, all the guys that will get you ready for wind surge baseball. And we'll have them all for you right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. It's 140 when we come back. I'm old, Jack Young. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Your home's in your hands, you build it. You can save thousands of dollars building your dream home, remodeling your kitchen or bath, making your home more accessible as you age, or creating a new garage, barn, or workshop. You Build It has been helping homeowners save money for over 30 years. Using the You Build It system, you can choose your budget, who designs your renovations, and how involved you want to be in the process. Call or text now, 316-260-2044. Your home's in your hands. You build it. Adventure awaits at Rockin' Brews Casino Bremen, where you can win the ultimate ride, a brand new Polaris Sport. You can earn entries all month for just 75 points. On March 31st, excitement ramps up at Rockin' Brews with drawings at 5, 6, and 7 p.m. for $500 in free play. And the grand prize winner will be announced at 8. Rockin' Brews Casino, just a short drive down I-35 to exit 231. Short drive, big wins. Beware of the fog. You're a swish from the right wing. The Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here. What ball movement. They share it and they throw it down. There's nothing like Kansas basketball. A big time thundering slam. Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Tuesday, the Jayhawks entertain BYU. Coverage begins at 7 on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Forty-three. You know what I thought you were going to play? What's that? Can I play with madness? Can I play with matches? Can I play with madness? The oh, song ma- that I thought I wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been, well, I might have to get you back on that tomorrow. Just hijack again. Keep that, yeah, keep that in the back of your head. So every song that I suggest you play, you play a different one by the same band. 
I'm old Jack Young. Pat's here. Pulse is coming up a little bit later on. He is going to, in essence, lead you into KBYU coverage. 5.30, that's when that starts. Are you breaking to me that i got to stay on an extra hour and a half? No, I said, in essence, <laughs> you're leading into it. Okay. No, there's no bonus coverage of Pat. It's not necessary. You're right. It is not necessary. Not, no, no, not necessary. This rascal flats? Nailed it. I've never heard this song. What's this called? Why Wait. Okay. One of their many toe tappers. Yeah, Yeah. they have so many. Have you ever seen them in person? No. I wish I had. They don't tour anymore either, so. Oh, really? I don't think so. A couple years ago, I think. They, you know, like any artist, they can always come back out whenever they want to. That's true. Yep. I forgot to mention the other day, Jack, there was a bump that Kyle Collier played. It was Fallout Boy. And oh, I was like, I was yeah. like, is this is this Jack Johnson? Is he back? And he goes, wait, is Jack a fan of Fall Out Boy? I'm oh, like, have know. you not talked to Jack about this? Apparently, you and Kyle need to be best buds. Well, I don't really promote it that much, but uh, when I'm asked about it, yeah, it's like not a hesitation. You know, you, it's hard sometimes to pinpoint one band when you're asked about mm-hmm. it. Like Matchbox Twenties, right there behind them. Um, then I've got a couple of individual artists that I'm like, I really like them too, but hands down, bar none, most songs I know the words to, most concerts I've been to, it's Fall Boy. But yeah, I don't, me and Josh were able to connect on that pretty early because he, I found out through, I think, social media or something that he really liked Fall Boy. So that was something <laughs> we were able to connect on, but I don't know if I brought it up to Kyle before, so that's just coincidence yeah. right there. And, and you would have been proud of me. I go, yeah, Fall Out Boy's right up there with the band Camino. I remembered your band right on the Their spot. Their band Camino, baby, yep. I don't know how it just popped up, but now I, I remember Jack Johnson and the band Camino. Seen them yeah, twice in that. concert, too. They're great. Yeah, I remember that. I have a little bit better of a memory than Shane, apparently, when it comes to doing butt music. Apparently. <laughs> and speaking of not that, the more I thought about it, the more that was Dirty Pool. Uh, doing what you did yesterday, and I'm old Jack Young. <laughs> Natasha Penny. Yeah, people, the more I thought you about still it, think you were that's really dirty. You're, you I really was suing over it. I gave you a softball. That was such no, you a softball. Didn't. The that softball is... was the one I got. <laughs> then you come back again, not a week later, and go some other song by the same the same band. That I, I just guarantee was you, I could pull up the audio clip of you going. Doesn't this chick also sing "Pocket Full of Sunshine"? No, that was no, me. That, that was, was not me. me. That was me. From unwritten, I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm yes. the one that that said that because I caught it at the very end. Well, it was out in the open because then. that's because well, yeah, and I'll take the blame for that. I'm not going to let Shane take the blame for that. I'm the one that said it, but that was because I came out at the I came in at the very end and I didn't really catch the you know the main main parts of it. I just recognized right away what the song was, but of course I didn't register in my head fast enough. Like on Friday, you're not going to play These Days. No. Or Life is a Highway. You're no. not going to do that. No. But Life is a uh, Highway, you could do like multiple artists, though. But no, do you, you see how about. limited my my catalog is now? By the way, we, did, we, didn't, have, I see, what? we, we didn't have time Go yesterday on. to play the Office Space scene during I'm Old Jack Young. That was unfortunate. Yeah, but office I, Space scene yeah. ready? Yeah, because uh, Michael Bolton's birthday was yesterday. Yeah, so. it was Michael Bolton. Beautiful. Yeah. My, That's my a movie that does not get talked about enough, by the way. 
I, I can't give you like I'm running focus out of songs. Is limited. So oh some, my god. I am. The history of music, and you're running out of songs. But you think about it. I usually have to stay in the wheelhouse of 2000 to 2024. I've also got to make Says it where who? it's gettable. Says oh, who? You want me to arrange into the 90s? You can do whatever you I, want. Okay. I mean, you might be getting some eagles do thrown 19, your way. Do 1940s. I mean, oh. <laughs> big band era. <laughs> See? Lawrence Welk. You, you got it. You tell me what the range should be, and I can extend you, my catalog. Here's here's what needs to happen. You need to get specific genres on every day. That's what needs to happen. On Fridays, you need to make it rock. On Thursdays, you need to go throwback in the 1940s. On Wednesdays, you do 80s. <laughs> That's not throwback, but by you, the way. But you know what I mean. I, if, sure. If, if that is, if, if Jack has had some issues with this, like in terms of finding the right songs that's one way that you can go about making sure you don't run out of songs is by going genre 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 not saying that that's what you can do this is you i've, that's just... I've never i don't feel like i've ever um pigeonholed jack into this is what you got to play jack correct okay so to my point jack you can play whatever you want it doesn't have to be from the 2000s up until now where's barbat <laughs> It well, opens I up the possibilities. Go for it! But come Go on now, it. you're you're telling me we gotta we gotta change up the the routine here because you swung and missed on Natasha Bedingfield. Nobody <laughs> ever said that. Nobody ever said that. But you playing twice in one week, basically. I think I actually now, forgot. Now I all, bet, that. all bets are off. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll give you that. We're getting Cause, spicy because I here. forget stuff all the time. Dirty <laughs> pool. <laughs> Dirty pool. Dirty it's a pool. cheap shot. It's spicy. Rascal Flats have sold more than 11 million concert tickets. <laughs> All right. Today is, uh, what is today? The 27th. It's an easy day for you, Jack. Ready for it. You caught, you, I wouldn't say you caught me in a weak moment. There was nothing I can do about it. This is born day. I can't make this up. <laughs> so we'll start with Devin Harris, who's 41. Uh, Devin Harris was a uh, former Denver Nugget at one point, also mm -hmm. a, a New Jersey Net, I believe. I think it was mm -hmm. before Brooklyn. He's an all-star there. He's an all-star. Mm-hmm. What was he going to say? Jack. Jack. He's an all-star, Jack. No, 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 that's not. I know. That's, he's an all-star, Dave. <laughs> Dave, thank he's, you. He's talking. He's, oh, that's what you're thinking of. I thought you were talking about the player. No. He was probably an all-star. Yeah, he is an all-star. <laughs> Tony Gonzalez is 48. Tony G. Hint uh, if you need it. I would say, I mean, most kids my age, that was their favorite chief growing up, and there really wasn't a second-place guy. I mean, maybe Priest Holmes or Larry Johnson, but it was by far and away Tony G. Not for that long. It was Tony G. He was a, he was a beast. Marcus Robinson, 49. Um, NFL, right? That's right. Bear receiver. Same day, same year. Deuce Staley. Oh, wow, that's a throwback right there. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, football again. Correct. Told you. Willie Banks, 55. Oh. Baseball? Yeah, pitcher, Cubs. Kind of a spare, but... Loy Vaught, 56. 
What a name. That's a guy. It's Big Four. Okay. Loy. Hmm. L-O-Y. L-O-Y. Uh, football? <clears throat> Dang. Pat? Loy Vaught? Well, if he gets football, then I'm going to go baseball then. Mm. Basketball. Mm. He was part of the Michigan National Championship team with Ramil Robinson oh. and Glenn Rice. Loy Vaught. Uh, Redeemer, James Worthy, 63. Ah, basketball. Was he in winning time? Um, He might have been for a second or two. Referenced or shown, but not a main piece. Okay. Have you ever done a Twitter tournament with greatest players to wear specs? Like the goggles? Yeah. No. So let's think about this. Worthy, Kareem... Chris Sabo, and who else? Kurt Rambis. Who else wore them? <laughs> <laughs> Rambis just wore dumb-looking glasses. They weren't specs. Kurt Rambis has a bigger role than James Worthy maybe, in winning maybe time. Maybe we should just say glasses. Of course Maybe we should just do glasses. There's some football players in there, no? Bob Greasy wore glasses. Yeah. There's actually a great scene in winning time when uh, Pat Riley, played by Adrian Brody in the series, is pissed off and he wants to change up the lineup. I think it's to bench Eric magic. Dickerson? And he's like, we're going to put Rambus in there. And Rambus is like, what? I'm playing? <laughs> Thanks, like, Dexter. You know what? I'll take your word for that, Jack. You know why? Why? I've never seen it. Yeah, that's true. You're still working on that subscription, I, aren't you? Bet that bet that one scene was cool. I keep offering it to him. Raymond Barry, 90. No, 91. Ray Barry. Still Raymond kicking? Barry, whichever you like. He's still kicking. I'll go football. Yes, the Hall of Fame... Tight end dish. Born on the state, not dead. Johnny Pesky. Not to be mistaken by Joe Pesky. <laughs> not related, no. Was <laughs> oh, it Johnny Pesky? Pesky. Pesky. In... So, yeah, it's spelled probably exactly the same. No, it's not. It's P E S K Y. Ah. Uh... And that's Pesky, not Pesky. Pesci. But other than that, you nailed it. He died I'm in 2012. I'm funny to you. You should funny, funny how. Funny how. Funny how. Like I'm. A um, I'll go baseball. This should. <laughs> I'll go baseball. The pesky pole. Oh, I I right assumed field. it was pesky. I didn't know what his first yeah. name was. Yeah, that's Johnny Pesky. Okay, now you know. Did you play the famous bowling scene today? By the way, on this day in sports history, 12 years ago. It was yesterday, wasn't it? Today. Who do you think you are? I am. Who do you think you are? I am. It was posted six hours ago. You know the backstory to that too. Go on. It's actually fantastic. There was a twelve-year-old, twelve-year-old in the front row that was chirping him, but he didn't like know it was a (laughs) twelve-year-old, so he turned around. So that's what set him off. That's what set him off. It was like a twelve-year-old that was like chirping from the crowd, and he turned around. He was like, "Oh, that's a twelve-year-old." Bowlers wearing sunglasses (laughs) got their names on their. That's right. Another seven. <laughs> Another guy? Well, I mean, not technically specs, but. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. You kidding me? Give, uh, Pete Weber the I'm benefit ju- of the I'm doubt. I'm just saying. So, no. Dickerson, Kareem, Worthy, and Chris Sabo. That might be the Mount Rushmore. Dudes that wore rec specs or goggles. Well, no. Are we going to have to. No. Oh. 
You can Re- stew over Rex, that. Rex specs help you see. Goggles just protect your eyes. Do we have to specifically limit it to Not that? Not necessarily. Dead on this day, Duke Snyder. Oh, man, I know that one, too. Oh, no. Okay. Baseball, right? He was a Dodger. Yes. Yeah, Hall of Fame Dodger. Yep, correct. All right. There you go. There's your Feb 27. Big day tomorrow. Got plenty of Shocker athletics tomorrow. We got KUBYU to reflect on. We'll do all that tomorrow at noon. So join me then for Jack. I'm Shane. Thanks for listening, but stick around. The Pulse is next. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.